Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good? What's good? What's good, sports world? Welcome to Believe in Bills podcast on Sirius XM, 1410 AM at Power 96.5 FM. Joining me, my co-host and producer from the fan base network we got justice raffer in the building what's up my guy how you doing um awesome always a pleasure to be here to talk some football with you ready to uh, get going today no doubt we got ourselves a great show and you know obviously we got a lot of things to talk about bills otas as as, as wrapped up and uh next time we'll get the opportunity to see the bills will be at st john's fisher for the first time in three seasons the buffalo bills will be having training camp at St. John's Fish. But we got a great show. We're going to talk about Dorsey's offense, uh, Josh Comfort Zone within that offense. Um, we're also going to uh, chime in about our guy, um, uh, Tavon Austin, as well as some of the things that Chris Sims was uh, stating to say Josh Allen is, you know, number one on his board. A lot of things to compact in here. Jordan Poyer has reported to camp. So, you know, we got a lot of things. Plus our Ricky watch, you don't want to miss that. But, Nevertheless, fans, you can check us out on the fan base network. That is Monday through Monday. It's going to be a great lineup uh, coming to you from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with a great roundup of podcasts. So make sure you plug in to the fan base network, man, especially when the season starts. You're, you're, you're not going to be disappointed. There's going to be some great content, more exclusive insight concerning the Buffalo Bills and all access courtesy of yours truly. So. You know, with that being said, um, man, OTAs this week, Justice, was, I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store just sitting back watching everything just materialize, right? You know, everybody wanted, everybody's here now. I mean, 110% participation at camp. Nobody missed camp. Um, I mean, that's expected of, you know, this team. Um, you know, that's just what expected. You know, barely guys missed camp especially mandatory camp under the McDermott era. So uh, it was a good sight to see that the new guys embraced uh, everything that the Bills have. Um, what that offensive line is really looking like now that you got Roger Saffold, Deion Dawkins, Ryan Bates, and those guys all together. Uh, what is the receiving course going to look like when you blend in uh, those rookies now? You know, um, you know, what is that running back mix is going to look like? When you got Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook there, you know, so it's a lot of things that um, that we have uh, in place on this offense. So, what does Ken Dorsey do to you know that there? So, I'm I'm not sure, um, but I'm I'm very excited by what I see so far, Justice. Yeah, I mean, you you got to look at. I, I I keep saying it, but it just. You have to account for the fact, obviously, this is Dorsey's first year, but to have a, a Shula in the building, to to have, you know, Cromer come back to be the offensive coach, uh, you know, to have uh, uh, Brady in the building as well, um, you know, just all those minds in that offensive room, uh, you know, you, you have to imagine that they'll be able to work together and be a cohesive unit. Uh, and also, you know, with the – I wanted to ask you, with, with the uh, – let's say struggles <laughs> Brian Dayball had last year and with uh, Ken Dorsey coming into the fold 
and uh, obviously revamping the entire offensive unit, the offensive line coaches there. Uh, they, they've signed some free agents on the offensive line this year uh, and got a couple of rookies. You got some second year guys like Spencer Brown and, uh, and then, uh, you know, more veterans on the team as well. And some guys on the bench that maybe expect to make a comeback this year. How different do you expect the run game to look, you know, with uh, Devin Singletary, James Cook, and the aforementioned uh, offensive line regroup? As far as what now? How you expect the running game to look under, you know, uh, Dorsey, this new offensive line, and uh, the new uh, uh, philosophy they have going into the season? Now, that's going to be the big tell of the take, right? That's going to be the big difference of what – separates Dable from Dorsey, right? We all know that Dable, when it comes to running the ball, or Josh Allen, you know, disregard the running backs on third and two and stuff like that. And, you know, if everybody want to say that's probably what Coach McDermott and Brian Dable were at odds at was the running game or how the running game was installed you know within you know that offensive scheme um you're not going to see that out of ken dorsey what you're going to see out of ken dorsey is a more attacking downhill i mean he's going to hit you it's from all facets of that run game from all facets of that run game they're going to do it they have the necessary pieces um to just about run anything ken dorsey is going to i call his offense a juggernaut offense and when it's a juggernaut offense that means you can run everything including the kitchen sink. I know sometimes people will be like, well, yeah, he didn't hit me with everything except the kitchen sink. Ken Dorsey can hit you with the kitchen sink too. That's just how many weapons he has in this arsenal from a personnel standpoint, all right? So we're talking 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 11 personnel, 10 personnel, 22. I mean, you name it. These guys are loaded and they are prepared to, you know, put a hot boy in each position group. And that's the crazy part about it that it's no drop off in any position group they go out there with so it's going to be hard for defenses to, to to match up with what the bills put out there from an offensive standpoint and let's not forget the quarterback can run too um but i don't think it's going to be that many design runs for josh allen this year that was the the emphasis on probably bringing in uh coach cromer to help bolster a more physical attack up front with that o-line and uh what i see from the run game out of Dorsey, I didn't see in Dable at all. You know, so I mean they're running, I mean they they run they run in power, they run in zone, you name it, you know what I mean? Because they have the necessary pieces to do it and they have a more balanced line that could give you some zone and power. So they have a balanced attack on the run game. And now if you add that balanced attack to this this unstoppable passing game. Defenses are going to be in trouble if 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 the Bills really figure that out from a, a run pass, you know, standpoint. If you can keep a team off balance, with balance, yeah, you know, uh, we'll 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 soon to see. But from what I what I'm looking at so far, a lot of Bills fans is going to be very impressed with the Bills run game this year. So obviously you just mentioned how the run game looks to be improved here and uh, a new philosophy, new schemes, et cetera, because uh, obviously Dayball wasn't great at it. But what did come from a Dayball offense was a great passing game. Now, Ken Dorsey was the passing game coordinator, so I'm sure he had a lot to do with that. Uh, but 
we did have Emmanuel Sanders last year. We had Cole Beasley last year. Uh, Cole Beasley, a former All-Pro, uh, and probably could have maybe had another relative season last year if he stayed healthy the entire time. Uh, now you have Gabriel Davis and, and, and Jameson Crowder, et cetera. What do you expect from Gabriel Davis? Because he has a lot of yards, touchdowns, production, et cetera, to make up for. Well, I mean, like they say, you're only as good as your last game, right? And we all know what Gabe Davis did his last game. He put up Super Bowl record numbers, all right? 200 yards, four touchdowns. Um, if that's how teams are going to play the Buffalo Bills, then you better go ahead and grab uh, Gabriel Davis on your fantasy. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he's going to have a, a breakout season. Basically, he's going to have a breakout season regardless uh, just because he is solidified that number two spot opposite of Stefan Diggs uh, with Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, possibly heading into retirement. Uh, he hasn't made it official yet, so I'm not, you know, don't quote me on that. But, I mean, when, you, when you're 35, approaching 36, that, that's, that seems to be the case. Uh, Cole Beasley, like you mentioned, all-pro receiver. Uh, slot receiver. So, um, you know, Gay Davis moves up to that role. How would they be able to, how are those targets going to be replaced with who? You know what I mean? That's what we want to see, right? Cole Beasley, back-to-back 80-plus uh, catch seasons, right? Um, so who gets the bulk of Cole Beasley's targets? Will it be uh, Jamison Crowder? Would it be Isaiah McKenzie? Does Gabe Davis get some of those targets now? Uh, do O.J. Howard, you know, chime in some of those uh uh, targets does Dawson Knox get you know upgrade on his targets you know what I mean so it's a lot it's a lot to you know to figure out how you know that's going to be you know ranching out um, you know due to the fact somebody has to take that role we're looking for Gabe Davis to do that um, when you see uh, in minicamp I think uh, his Josh trust in Gabe is on the same level as it is with Stefan Diggs at this point you know I can say that so, you know, I, I definitely can say that uh, Gabriel Davis can have a thousand yard receiving year, you know, um, and potentially can have a hundred catches. If Cole Beasley almost had a hundred catches. Who's not to say that Gabe Davis can't have a hundred catches? Something's going to happen. It's either going to be two thousand yard receivers or two one hundred, you know, you know, target guys, because I'm telling you now. With this offense, it's going to be hard to double everybody. And if you want to double Stephon Diggs, and they got a Jamison Crowder out there, they got a Gabe Davis, they got an OJ Howard out there, they they you know they got a Dawson Knox. It's going to be hard for you to match up like that. So teams are definitely going to have to pick your poison. And I think Gabe Davis is going to have an excellent season this year. So we talked about, you know, uh, targets are going to need to be replaced and production is going to need to be replaced. And Gabe Davis probably looks like a candidate, the main candidate to make up for uh, a lot of that. But the Bills did also get another playmaker at the wide receiver position in Taylon Austin. Now, Taylon Austin has had a history of returning kicks and punts, etc. Uh, hasn't done it in a little bit, but he does have a history of doing it. Looking at this roster and how full and compact the wide receiver room is, uh, although he's made, you know, great impressions in camp, what are some paths for him to make the roster this year? Um, Right now, he just have to find his way. You know what I mean? Um, coming into the situation where the Buffalo Bills are loaded, you know, at wide receiver. But to bring in a guy of Tavon Austin stature, let you know that um, – 
either one. Either he's lighting the fire at a guy that, you know, they want to step up or, you know, two, that, you know, they're really looking at upgrading their return game with a true specialist. You know what I mean? It's not to say that you got a guy, you know, in a McKenzie that can, that can play that role, but maybe the Bills want him to focus on a more role that he's uh, being involved in this year. You never know. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, because, I mean, let's be real. Um, Cole Beasley's not on his roster anymore. I understand we got Jamison Cronin, but let's not sleep on Isaiah McKenzie. Right? Let's not sleep on Little Dirty because Little Dirty was – the heir apparent to Cole Beasley. When Cole Beasley didn't play last year, Isaiah McKenzie was out there. So, you know, that's another competition that people need to be looking at. Like just because it was Jamison Crowder, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, he could potentially start at in Cole Beasley replacement. It could easily be Isaiah McKenzie. So uh, maybe if the Bills expecting a much more needed role in the offense from McKenzie, then, you know, it's, it, you know, you need him to be more, uh, he, you need him more on the offensive side than a special team standpoint. So maybe the Bills are entertaining that. Uh, maybe, you know, there is some um, disappointments there in, 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 in Speedy. Uh, if he's not progressing, that, you know, they'll go out here and get a veteran guy in Tavon Austin. So um, he's a guy that's 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 humbled and hungry uh, to, you know, got a chip on his shoulder. You feel that a lot of people have forgotten about Tavon Austin. And, you know, when you get denied from a Super Bowl contending team, you get your butt up off the couch. That's definitely a humbling experience in itself. So um, he's up for the challenge and, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely ready to take advantage of any opportunity that comes his way on making this roster. I'll tell you that one. I mean, now one thing all these, you know, receivers have in common whether it's Tavon Austin or Lil Dirty or Diggs or Davis, is they all have the pleasure of playing with one of, or as Chris Sims says, the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, of course, I am talking about the Chris Sims top 40 countdown that he does every single year. This year, he has Josh Allen at the number one spot, just for reference. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Number three is Justin Herbert. Four is Joe Burrow. And five is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Josh Allen being the best quarterback in the National Football League? My thoughts on Josh being the best quarterback right now, I say this, he's the hottest quarterback right now. I can't say that he's the best right now because a guy like Tom Brady is still playing in the NFL. As long as Tom Brady is still playing in the NFL, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. All right. We, I mean, burn not. Let's just be realistic. Aaron Rodgers, he's still playing right now. He's still one of the best receivers in the game. I would say Josh Allen is the hottest quarterback in the NFL. He's definitely the hottest quarterback. And then, you you know, he, he bumped Mahomes down. So I'll say him, him and Mahomes are the hottest quarterbacks in the game. But the best in the game right now are the two that I just mentioned in Brady and and uh, and Rodgers. And obviously, Rogers. we saw the match, right? We saw the top four quarterbacks in the NFL from the old to the new. I mean, we saw the best two, and we just see the hottest two. So that's why I see Josh out right now. I can't give him the best because you got to have a Super Bowl ring underneath your belt to be considered the best in the game. And if this guy's out there that has more Super Bowl rings than you, a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Patrick Mahomes, a la Tom Brady, then I can't catapult Josh as the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Number one hottest for sure. 
hands down, the number one hottest quarterback in the NFL is John Allen. I'm I'm not going to go out on the limb and say he's the best right now. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, if you uh, you look at it. Tom Brady does have what six, seven Super Bowl rings, something like that. Aaron Rodgers is uh one or two. I think he only has one, but I think he, he could have two, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, Pat Mahomes has one as well. Uh, if it was up to Josh Allen in last year's postseason, they probably have one, but of course, they didn't get it. So, fair enough. Uh, I, he definitely is probably the hottest quarterback right now, especially after that postseason. But, uh, right. speaking of hot topics, uh, Jordan Poyer. You've seen him. He is at camp this year uh, after, you know, making some noise with one and a new contract, signing Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. Everybody thinking he want all the money in the world or at least, you know, all pro safety money, which he probably deserves. But uh, how does this look in being at camp, him participating? How does that look for a Jordan Poyer extension with this football team? Um. I mean, it, it's 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 great to see Poirier there. I mean, obviously, we all knew that he wasn't going to hold out. I mean, why would he? It doesn't benefit him to hold out. I mean, this team is on a Super Bowl run. This team is on the best stretch it's, it's been in decades. So why would he rock the boat and, you know, put a black eye in the game about worried about a contract that he, right now he really don't have no control over because he's under contract. So... You know, everything else to take care of itself. A good friend of mine told me football takes care of itself. And, you know, and that's going to happen in Jordan Poyer's case. I mean, the Bills could give him a, give him a bump. I mean, if that's what this is about, go ahead and give the man a raise. You know, take his 8 to $9 million to $11, 12000000 million this year. So that means he's he's paid as one of the best safeties in the game right now. Okay, just go ahead and just give him a pay hike for being all pro. Okay, if you feel like he superseded his contract, whatever the case, it's not a problem to throw a few more dollars at him, all right? And then, you know, give him a second-year option, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, you know, at some point, the Bills do have to look at the business side of this, you know, and look at where they are, you know, as a team and where they are and who they're trying to pay because Poirier's not the only one that's asking for some money, you know what I mean? So it is a business side to that. Um, my guess is, I mean, they, they, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to make this work. They're going to, they're going to make this work. Give them a the two-year extension. Uh, you know, they, they, they rack off a Super Bowl. Who's to say? You know, what I mean, um, if they rack off a Super Bowl this year, they still can release him next year to free up money for X, Y, and Z. But guess what? The ultimate goal has happened, and guys can move on and go get it back somewhere else. You know, what I mean. Fair exchange, no robbery, but you know, so I mean, that's where I'm already. I'm overthinking, you know. I mean, I always like to think ahead, um, you know, by the way that this is going, and you know, the Bills are the favorite to go to a Super Bowl. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to win it, they got to go out here and play on a week to week basis for that. But you know, just looking at it from that angle, um, go ahead, Corey, you sign, you get that, get that extension. And so happens the Bills win the Super Bowl. They might, they, you know, they might look at that and say, we need that money back to resign uh, Tremaine uh, Edmonds or to sign Dawson Knox. Or, you know, you might want to resign Roger Safford or OJ Howard, who's under a one year uh, contract. So, you know, it, 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 it's going to have some sort of a domino effect one way or the other. But right now, Poyer is under contract. Uh, he has to honor his contract to get the next one. 
and I'm quite sure that both both uh, both parties could come to some sort of agreement at some point in time. So you you said it earlier, you know, you, you said including Poyer, a lot of people are going to want their money this this off or this upcoming offseason. You know, you got guys like Ed Oliver, his contract is going to be coming up soon. Dawson Knox, uh, Gabriel Davis, if he if he performs the way people expect him to perform, he's going to need a lot of money. Devin Singletary's contract is ending. Uh, you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds. Are there any liabilities or uh do people become expendable or any of the people I just named specifically if Jordan Poyer does get his contract extension this offseason? That that won't that will be basically it, it, it'll be the last yeah, that year. Means they probably, yeah. Hmm. What are my candidates? What's my list? Well, I got Ed Oliver, Dawson Knox, Gabriel Davis, Devin Singletary, or Tremaine Emmons. Now, this might not necessarily mean this is their last season, but it does mean they probably won't get a second contract with the Buffalo Bills. Mm, that's interesting. Maybe I'll say Devin Singletary, but it's cheaper to keep him. I mean, because it don't cost you that much to, to re-sign him. But when you're looking at, if we're just saying expendable right now, you would say Devin Singletary to a degree. Uh, I mean, you look at what David and Joko contract he signed for Cleveland. I know Dawson's looking his chops like, Ooh, thank you, David and Joku. But he may take the team discount, understanding where they are, you know what I mean, from a camp perspective, and, you know, take the discount to, you know, stay a part of, you know, what special – you know, special thing that the Bills have right now. I mean, it's hard. I mean, you look at it. I mean, with, with Jordan Phillips and and, and, and and Shaq Lawson coming back after going to get that bag somewhere else, wasn't happy. They still wasn't happy at the end of the day. Uh, and they came back here, and, and, and they're playing for less money. You know what I mean? Way less money than, you know, when they – in their contract years before they left. So, you know, a lot of players is probably looking at that too. Like, damn, these dudes – Left got their bag, but didn't work out for them, and they back here. Just imagine if they just would have stayed, you know, stayed the course. What could have happened? Or, or do the Bills already have a Super Bowl underneath their belt already? You know, so you know a lot of things like that. A lot of scenarios guys think about. So, well, Dawson Knox being the favorite of Josh Allen, um, you know that, you know they have a bond. So you know he may take all that stuff into consideration when signing again. Uh, I don't think Tremaine Edmonds is going anywhere. They, I mean, he's Josh Allen, the quarterback of the defense. Tremaine is the quarterback. Uh, I mean, Josh is the quarterback of the offense. Tremaine is the quarterback of the defense. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, you got Ed Oliver, you know, who's under contract, you know, for the next two years. So they can franchise tag him after the third year. Uh, Gabe Davis, yeah, the Bills going to probably extend him probably mid-season of this year because um, his contract is up, you know, being a, a fourth-round draft pick, his contract is up. And we already got Debo Samuel and all those other dudes crying about money and holding out. So, you know, you don't want Gabe Davis to get to that point because if he do have a breakout season this year, in which he is, his numbers are going to be better than, you know, 35 catches and, you know, 500 yards and five touchdowns. His numbers are going to double that output so you might as well go ahead and extend him uh for less money right now get it out of the way uh before you know 
you let him touch the market, he's going to get he's going to get um, Christian Kirk money. <laughs> you know, he's going to get Christian Kirk money. So, so the Bills are definitely going to have um, is going to have to answer some questions. You know, sooner or later, they're going to have to answer some questions on who to retain and who to you know cut ties with. I mean, the business part kicks in at some point with each organization. So uh, hopefully they can figure out, find some money and keep them all, keep this thing going. But we all know, you know, how the business side could be. So realistically, that's why I say maybe Devin, uh, you got, you got James Cook in the fold. You still got Zach Moss under, you know, one more year contract. And, you know, I mean, from an expendable standpoint, I would say that other than that, we don't have nobody to replace Tremaine Edmonds right now. Um, we got O.J. Howard, but he's only for one year. So both of the contracts are up. So, you know, you don't have nobody to replace Dawson Knox at this point. Uh, you got, let's say, Ed Oliver is under contract. So those are the main three, you know. So Dawson, Tremaine ain't going nowhere. Devin Singletary would probably be the odd man out on that. So, you know, with that being said, we're just going to have a quick break and, uh, you know, pause for our quick station identification and make sure everybody is tuned in to the, you know, live and legendary 11480 AM on Power 96.5. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Believe in Bills podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Mookie Hawkins. Alongside with me, I have Justice Radford, fan base network in the building. And uh, we are talking about some great things. Obviously, Bills OTAs, uh, Dorsey's offense. Uh, we also talked about Game's new role. Uh, some expectations in this offense, as well as a much uh, motivated Tavon Austin uh, in his 10th season being picked up by the Bills. Um, if you missed it, we just uh, got to finish racking off about Jordan Poyer being back at camp. Uh, what does um, his contract extension mean for other guys and uh, who's the odd man out? Um, you know, so uh, some of the things that we were talking about. But, um, Justice, let me ask you, you know, just from the outside looking in, Josh comfort zone. What do you what do you see Josh comfort zone uh, this year during OTAs uh, than than prior with with Ken Dorsey at office coordinator? Well, to me, in Dayball's office, it didn't necessarily look like Josh necessarily had a comfort zone. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were there were more aspects to the offense that he was more comfortable than than others, but. Dayball's offense felt really inconsistent, right? They were like from a week to week basis, you could never really figure out what the game plan was going to be because some weeks he tried to overemphasize the run, some weeks he tried to overemphasize the pass, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to me, Josh looks really, really comfortable in that uh, that option, you know, that RPO, uh, you know, where he could put the ball in the belly at a running back, or if he sees, you know, uh, Cole Beasley, for instance, uh, coming over the middle open, he gets it out to him, or if he sees Stefan Diggs one on one, he pulls it, he's going to, you know, he's finding, he's able to have 
multiple outlet outlets, excuse me, on on the field. So again, depending on the type of defense that is being ran, he could either give the ball to his back, he could keep it himself and run, or he could find whichever wide receiver has a favorable uh, matchup uh, on the field. So that felt like the most comfortable I see Josh, uh, especially like in the goal line. I don't know why it's not strictly RPOs in the red zone because it's, that's typically when he gets most of his scores when he can either you know again let let the running back see if he can find a lane or do it himself and so uh i i would expect or i would at least hope that you know that's something that Dave, or i'm sorry dorsey uh recognized and was able to put more emphasis into the, the game plan mm. so i mean yeah i mean i mean just by from my look of it is He's just going with the flow. I mean, he's, he's he seems real relaxed. He seems real comfortable in this Dorsey offense. Obviously, it's like you said before. Ken Dorsey was the passing game coordinator last year, so nothing really has changed in the pass game. It's just that now the passing game coordinator has become the offensive coordinator as well. So, you know, it's just a much more role on 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 Dorsey's behalf. But you know, he is that guy that's in Josh Allen's ear now, other than you know Dable. So. Um, it might be, it's definitely going to be some different philosophies in certain situations that Dable would have probably did this on third down and Dorsey is probably doing something else, you know, on third down. We all know that's going to be difference in play calling and what they see, you know, from a down the distance perspective, because one, I'm expecting Dorsey, who's played the game, right, at a high level at the quarterback position, something that Dable didn't do, right? So I know that, you know, we're going to get more quarterback thought. You know I mean? We're going to get a more offensive thought process from Ken Dorsey than we would with Brian Dable. Now, that's not taking anything away from Brian Dable, but Brian Dable, again, has not played quarterback at no level, all right? He didn't play quarterback in college. He didn't play quarterback in high school, okay? Now, he could have been a quarterback's coach, all right, but you know, from actually playing the game, living the game, knowing the game from that aspect, it's totally different, you know. What I mean, when calling plays, you know, what I mean, so you know, we're definitely going to see it from a true quarterback's window, a perspective on you know what to call on certain situations in bar games, and that's what I'm going to be looking at, you know, what I mean, come training camp and when preseason starts, how uh, the style of play calling, uh, that's going to differentiate from. Dable and Dorsey. So that's one some some of the things I'm gonna be looking at. But Josh definitely looks comfortable. Uh, you know, with all the new stuff that's being presented. Uh he knows he he, he knows he knows the structure within. Um and man, this 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 new look offense attack is gonna be nice because I think it's going to um it's gonna play a little bit to everybody's ability, you know, and that's the good thing about that in this offense that I see that it's structured for just about every weapon on this offense. This is kind of like mine's back in the day, you know what I mean? One hand washes the other. Each guy sets up the next guy, you know what I mean? So everybody got their play, and each play sets up the next guy's play. So I'm telling you now, the Bills are going to hit everybody with, with the kitchen sink included <laughs> in this Dorsey's offense. And, you know, Josh Allen's run totals is going to get cut down. They're going to get cut down. But that's what you want. You, Josh Allen cannot rush. Josh Allen cannot have over 100 attempts at quarterback. It just can't happen. Now, if passing, 
protection breaks down, okay, Josh, you got to do what you got to do. But as far as us just design just leg, right, blue leg, left, yeah. no, we're not doing all that. You know? yeah. So you may see some option reads or something like that. But that's what you do with a mobile quarterback like that. You know, you 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 use him that way instead of just some design 17s and design 18s. Power. Little league, like, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. So I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what this run game is really going to look like, um, you know, when the pads come on. Yeah. So you definitely want to see some of that zone running in the red zone specifically because if there is a time you want to see your quarterback running, it's potentially for a touchdown, if anything. Um, but before we get out of here, now you are Nostradamus in some parts of the, of the, of the, of the, of the right. You, you got the, the, the first round pick correct in Kyer Elam when your uh, mock draft one pointed out. And so we want to have uh, Coach Wookie Hawkins breakout player of the year preseason edition. All right. So you, know, you mentioned Gabriel Davis. You said you think he's going to be a beast this year. But that's one that we're kind of all hoping or expecting to see. Right. So I want you to give us from what you've seen out of OTAs and minicamp and everything, somebody who has really, you know, shown you more than what you were expecting and could potentially be a breakout player for this upcoming season. I got a few. I mean, obviously, Gabe Davis, um, in the situation he in, he has no choice but to have a breakout season because now you are the official number two receiver. You are the Emmanuel Sanders. So your numbers are going to double. We're expecting you to have a breakout year. Uh, you know, it's up to him how much, you know, you want that year to be. But, again, Gabe Davis is going to have a breakout year. I think that he's going to have – uh, I think he's going to have over a thousand yard season. I think he's going to have the double uh, catch production. I, you know, I think he's going to have over 70 catches and a thousand yards this year. Uh, another guy that I think is going to have a breakout year is Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is going to go over that thousand yard mark. This is the year that the Bills rack up everything. Josh Allen should throw for 5,000 and get the MVP. Uh, uh, Gabe Davis should have at least 70 catches over a thousand yards. And, and 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 Devin Singletary should have a thousand yards rushing this year. Um, uh, James Cook should definitely be in contention for Rookie of the Year. You know, by by the looks of this offensive way of structure right now, James Cook should definitely be in a running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know it's going to be some 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 rookie running backs out there. James Cook, you definitely can throw his name in that hat as well as Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, this year as well. So. Um, those would be my two and a half guys that I got on this roster having a breakout year. Um, defensive side, I, I mean, you got to look at Tremaine Edmonds, right? I mean, you know, Tremaine got to have a breakout year. Now, I know he's he's put in the, the, the production as far as having a, over 100 tackles each season and stuff like that. But, you know, as everybody mentioned, the splashiness, the, the, the splash plays, the, the plays that sticks out with you being out there on defense, like either you tackling a guy for a loss or getting a sack or making an interception, you know, that's what they want to see out of Tremaine. And I think that with this new defensive line that we got, and, you know, we'll get into that in just a minute, but with this new defensive line, it's going to enable Tremaine to you know play a little bit more cleaner and freer to go out and make those fancy plays that everybody's been waiting to see so you know on the offensive side i say gabe devin james cook and you know definitely on the defensive side tremaine Edmonds to have a breakout season 
Yeah. All right. So we got Gabriel Davis with a breakout year over a thousand yards receiving. Devin Singletary, a projected thousand yards rushing. We got James Cook with a projected offensive rookie of the year. And Tremaine Emmons also with a projected breakout season. Josh Allen, too. You did mention him, man. If Josh Allen has another breakout season, then we're definitely winning a Super Bowl. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk to the audience about today, coach? I do. I want to get into this defensive line, something that we talked about, something that's going to help Tremaine Edmonds when you look at the total revamped defensive line. I mean, only people that's coming back, if you got you got the young boys and you got Ed Oliver, but when you look at this, this completely brand new defensive line, I mean, this is this is what's gonna you know make or break the bills. This new cold front, you know what I mean? Like my boy Jeremy always just say, shout out to cold front report by the way. But you know this is cold front 3.0, not even 2.0, 3.0. You got Von Miller, Dequan uh, Jones, uh, Ed Oliver, and Greg Rousseau out there. And then hey, on the flip side of that, you got Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, Boogie Basham, AJ Espinosa, Mike Love. Like that list goes on and on and on. You know what I mean? Tim Settle. So you got that core of guys, that rotation right there to me, hands down, is one of the top five defensive lines in the NFL. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if I had to do a sack count right now, Shaq is leading the defensive line right now and would be sacks. You know what I mean? Since it's OTA, you know you can't touch the quarterback, but you look and say, okay, that would have been a Shaq. By, that would have been a sack by Shaq. You know, Shaq is, is, is leading in that category. I can say that. Over Von Miller, and over Greg Rousseau right now. Shaq Lawson has the most sack at uh, OTAs, by the way, if nobody's listening. All right. If y'all, Shaq Lawson, again, has more sacks at training camp than anybody right now. You know what I mean? We'll be sacks. We'll be sacks. So that's how deep this Bills defensive line is. When you got Shaq Lawson, you know, it's, I mean, you got Shaq Lawson deep on the jet shot right now. He was a former number one pick, all right? So this is how deep this defensive line is, and they really going to get after quarterbacks. And a guy like Shaq, not only does he get after quarterback, his strong suit is, is run support. So now you got another guy that can set the edge of the run game and, you know, let guys like Tremaine Edmonds run free. Somebody on that defensive line is going to demand a double, whether it's Jordan Phillips or Ed Oliver, you know, in the run-type situation. So the Bills, again, on the flip side, has a player for every type of situation they need on the defensive side, especially up front. So to see that combination and those rotations get put in there, who's going to make the roster, first of all, that's the biggest thing. Who is really going to make this roster at um, defensive line? Because when you look at it, okay, you got Von Miller, he's replaced Jerry Hughes, and that's an upgrade. You got uh, Mario Addison, Okay, you can say he was replaced by he was replaced by let's awesome. just say Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau replaces him. Okay. Uh let's say um Harrison Phillips got replaced by Tim Settle. Let's say uh Stanley Tule got replaced by Daquan, by Daquan Jones. Jones and Jordan Phillips. Let's say Shaq Lawson got uh replaced F.A. Obada. Okay. It's upgrade everywhere. It's upgrades everywhere. (laughs) When you look at when you break that down like that, you know what I mean, in those particular rows, those are upgrades all around the table. And let's not forget the Bills defense was ranked number one 
All right. And our biggest problem was was getting after the quarterback. So I think they fixed that problem. We'll we'll definitely have to see once the pass come on. But I know you don't win you don't win based upon what things look like on paper, but how things are looking and what I've seen in training camp, Leslie Frazier is just sitting back in the cut like Neil Sporn right now, it's just smiling nice and proud. Just can't wait for the season to start just to really see how this thing is really going to materialize and how it's going to make this defense better. So um, this defensive line is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, how many defensive linemen they're going to keep because Mike Love is a dog too. He just never gets the opportunity to showcase his talents. In preseason, he's a dog out there flying around, making the team, but he never really get a chance to showcase his skills. So, I don't know how many defensive linemen I just named right there. You know, <laughs> maybe they can keep them all, or maybe not. You know, something got to give. So to be continued on that. I know everybody excited to see how that's going to play out in training camp. Maybe a few guys get traded, or maybe they keep them on. How that's really going to affect this roster, we definitely want to see. Um, you know, and that's something we're going to, we're going to get into when training camp start or. We can get into right before training camp, you know, when we start breaking down uh, the roster and doing our projections and stuff like that. That's another topic for another day. But nevertheless, this defensive line is locked and loaded like a baked potato, baby, you know, and I can't wait for it to unload. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm very excited to what the Bills done up front from, you know, the offensive line and the defensive line. So um, just speaking of, you know, that guy that we just mentioned, uh Edmonds, you know, big stepper, the big stepper this year. What do you think, Justice, that uh Tremaine Edmonds uh needs to improve on to have the breakout season that everybody's waiting for him to have? If I'm being completely honest, I think the only thing Tremaine Edmonds is lacking is confidence. I, I think that's it. I, I think I think he's a confident person, but I don't think he is like that dog. You know what I mean? He isn't like I'm the best player out here on this field like at all times. I don't think he thinks that way. And I think for him to be truly great, I think if he thought that way, he has the skills, he has the tools to be able to be a great linebacker. You know, um, but, you know, you look at guys like Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher and Luke Keekley, they were always the smartest people on the football field. And uh, I, I would like to see that from him. I'm not sure what his study habits are like, but um, he looks a little confused out there sometimes or maybe not confused, but he'll second guess himself. And I think confidence comes along with that, uh, you know, being able to trust your instinct, trust your studying of the film that you've watched throughout the week, you know, trust your ability to be able to go make the play. And um, I think if he, he was able to do all of that, uh, you know, and and just just go after the ball carrier like Bobby Boucher, like you know, water boy, just go get him, you know, <laughs> and don't worry about nothing, just go get the ball carrier. Um, so I like Tremaine Evans, and like you said, I'm right there with you in terms of this defensive line being bolstered up. I think it it, it sets the tone for Tremaine Evans to be able to see through get uh, you know, uh, lanes a little bit better, to see through the gaps a little bit better, and be able to go make a play versus. You know, having to look over six foot seven, 350 pound men running full speed at you, you know. Uh, and I think he, he, I don't think he gets enough benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people are really low on Jermaine Edmonds 
and I kind of be like, well, what are you watching? Like, you know, I, I understand maybe if you were to watch Tremaine Evans alone by himself, I isolated on the football field, you could come away with, okay, maybe he underperforms, right? But if you look at the full context, it was, and, and not only that, people will openly admit the defensive line has not been good the last two years. But in the same breath, they'll say neither is Tremaine Emmons. And I'm like, well, you can't have both. You know what I mean? Like if the defensive line isn't good, what are you expecting from your linebackers? And with a liability on the defensive line, the linebackers have still played really well. So with that being, you know, all put in front of my face, I have to say that I think Tremaine Emmons is a potential all pro linebacker. He has that potential. He just, in my opinion, on again, on the outside looking in, I think that he just needs to know that. You know, and, and again, trust is trust everything he all the work he's put in in the week and just mm-hmm. go get just go get the ball carrier, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I asked him as well uh, what he think he needs to improve on this year uh, other than anything else. And that's what he was saying. Just learning how to just to trust his eyes more, you know, the same thing that you was mimicking, you know, trust his eyes more, uh, you know, see it, be it. You know what I mean? Don't don't hesitate. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. You know what I mean? See it, be it. That's why I always tell my guys: you see it, be it. You know what I mean? Don't 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 waste no time. You know, don't hesitate. We'll 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 clean up what we need to clean up after you know you you saw what you thought you saw. You know what I mean? So that right then and there it, that gives guys to go that that confidence. Go ahead and trust those instincts because if you do make a mistake by just seeing and being. We can always correct that, you know what I mean? Mm. But I would rather have you on point and aggressive at all times, especially in a position that you're playing for, for this football team. You need to be aggressive all the time. You don't need to be hesitant and second-guessing yourself because, you know, dealing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes will slice and dice you to death. If you, you wait a split second later, those guys are definitely going to make you pay. So, um, you know, he was spot on with that, you know, trusting his eyes a little bit more. And I think that, once again, this new defensive front is going to allow Tremaine Edmonds to diagnose plays quicker and, you know, get to the point of attack quicker than he did in previous years to make plays. So so I, I have one more question for you. Now, looking at OTAs and everything you've seen in, in this preseason so far, now you're looking at one of, if not the best offense in the entire league with one of, if not the best quarterback. And you're also looking at one of, if not the best defense in the entire league, right? Now, you know, uh, unstoppable force is meeting an immovable object in practice every day. Excuse me. Who is winning those battles? Who looks a little more polished to you at this point in time? As far as up front or just the entire units, period, offense and defense? I'm going to say defense. When you look at everybody's back, including Shaq, including Jordan Phillips. That's true. Only people that need to get caught up to speed is Von Miller. Really? Von Miller got to get caught up to speed? <laughs> by the looks of that, it seems like he's already grasped, you know, that in detail. It already looks like Daquan Jones has grasped that and Tim Settle has grasped that as well. So I think that if, if there's a specific unit that's 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 out there playing like they've been playing around with each other for years, it's definitely the defensive line. Interesting. Wow. And they haven't they've been together the least amount of time that I think that's really I think that's really uh, encouraging. Right. Because despite what Josh Allen may do in what weeks one through three or four or whatever the case may be, 
he has shown us that he has the propensity to be able to finish the season strong and also play well throughout the playoffs. But the Mm -hmm. defense is kind of different. You need to get into a, you know, you need to get into a groove a little bit. And, and you'd like to have those guys, uh, you know, be, be ready uh, and, and ready to go, you know, weeks one through 17 and plus the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I feel like, I, you know, you, you take a look at like those those Bears teams in, in the in the two, 2010s, right? The the defenses, you know, they had a they had some good players, but I think it was more so about the reputation they had, right? Mm-hmm. They they had the reputation of being one of the best defenses, you know, with the Eddie Jackson and you know uh, guys like that, and they played like it. They had Mitchell Trubisky on the other side of the field throwing interceptions and they got to come right back on the field, but they were playing like they were the best defense in the league. And I think having the stigma and also being really lucky with those turnovers they were getting that year goes into it. So I would like to see the defense to get out early uh, and, and, you know, uh, make, make, make plays and, you know, put their impression on the game, create those turnovers. And then you give those turnovers to a uh, Josh Allen versus a Mitchell Trubisky. Obviously you will have better dividends and results. Do you do you know what's the first like third and six or seven may look like? You know how nuts people are gonna be going on that that first <laughs> defensive third down, knowing that it's Von Miller time and who's gonna to get to the quarterback first? Like that's 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 gonna be bad for Matt Stafford. That first third down, that that's gonna be real bad. When they know that they're throwing this ball. And 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 boy, you better look out because you don't know what the Bills gonna dial up that first that first uh yeah. pass rush segment. So uh, that's that's gonna be the killer part. Like, what's gonna happen on third the first third down of the season? Who's gonna set the tone? Will it be Vaughn? You know, will it be Ed? Will it be Rousseau? Will it be Jordan Phillips? Who knows? Like, is this, who's gonna be first to the quarterback? That's all I want to know. You know what I mean? They they gonna be so amped up on that third down. Knowing that it's a passing situation, I want to see who's going to go out there and get to the quarterback first, and and and, and something like that is contagious, and they're going to have that demeanor every third down, and that's what's been lacking, you know, in the Bills' defense, getting that to the quarterback. Now Jerry was the only one I can't say that he did get after the quarterback, but he didn't get the quarterback down on his back, mm-hmm. and that's a big difference right there. Um, that's why I just hated to see my man Jerry go. You know what I mean? But this is a business and, you know, and that's just the nature of it. So, you know, here we are with Von Miller and, you know, the rest of these guys, uh, you know, have to develop their game. Boogie Basham, AJ Espinosa, Greg Rousseau, they have to, you know, develop, you know, especially more or less at AJ because he's going in his third season. So, um, you know, he's under the radar right now. You know what I mean? He's definitely under the radar you know, um, in reference to playing to their uh, full petition. Speaking of that radar, uh, Bill's rookies right now on, on, on the rookie watch. Now, you know, Kyrie's been balling. You know, it's been good to see him lock horns with Stephon Diggs. It was good to see him lock horns with Gabriel Davis. Now, I will say this. Dave Davis, Stephon Diggs is showing the rookie the ropes. Okay. <laughs> Let me let you know that right now. They are definitely showing the rookie roast. They are, you know, it, it sticks out when those when no, when he matches up with either or those guys, it shows. All right, it definitely shows. But you know, Kyrie was able to go ahead and get that pick. You know, uh, you know, on Josh Allen. 
You know okay. what I mean? Uh, you know, on, on on Wednesday. So, you know, he's definitely showed that, you know, he, he can play ball. He can play with the best of them, that's for sure. Um, he's very cerebral, and he's getting very comfortable in this defense. And you're going to see him make some plays as well. He's going to make some plays out there. Uh, you know, he's long, he's rangy. So um, it's going to be tough for, you know, quarterbacks to really try to attack him because, you know, he's, he's down there 6'2". You know, and he's you know he's getting polished by uh, John Butler and the rest of that defensive uh, coaching staff is doing a great job of uh, getting Kair prepared. And you know, once again, he comes from a football family, so that's his DNA. Uh, you know, sometimes that, that you know is just a natural process for him to go through. So uh, he's making some plays. He's obviously learning. Uh, you know, from some good guys in Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. So that could only get better as training camp comes along because, you know, this is the only the first week that he really, you know, had a chance to, you know, go hard against those guys other than, you know, Bill's first involuntary OTAs was when, when Stefan Diggs was here. So um, to get that now, uh, come training camp every day leading up to preseason and then obviously the regular season is going to make Kair just that much better. Uh, you know, when the season do arrive. So uh, great pick right now. He's, he's every bit as advertised. And uh, I think he's going to do quite well in this Bills defense, especially when Tredavious White comes back. So the Bills are going to have a solid three in Dane, Kair, and obviously um, Tredavious, when he gets back, um, you know, you got Cam Lewis, uh, you know, pretty much backing up. Um uh, Teron Johnson there. So on the outside, you know, we got, we got some quality depth. You know, they made sure they went out and got quality depth pieces. So, you know, uh, Kair is definitely looking good, um, you know, as, you know, a top draft pick for the Buffalo Bills. Now, our number two pick, our guy James Cook. I mean, you know, you sleep on James Cook if you want to. Um, he's he, he, he gets real skinny in, in those holes, man, and real slippery. Uh, very elusive, you know what I mean, you know, at the point of attack. And, you know, he has that burst that you see that, that Zach Moss and Devin don't have, you know what I mean? He can, you know, he can he can stop at a drop of a dime and, you know, you know explode in the next drop of a dime. So just to have that, that shiftiness to, to match that explosiveness is what the Bills have been lacking from a running back standpoint. Um, and, you know, He's, he's, he's been, he's been in quite a few packages out there. So, you know, it's going to be very exciting to see, um, you know, when James Cook is out there in that offense, when and how soon will he be out there during the course of a football game. But, you know, Devin Singletary has been playing quite well at training camp too, but James Cook has definitely been in the sauce over there with Josh Allen and the crew. So let everybody know that right now. So, you know, James Cook has definitely been, uh, you know, flourishing as far as our rookie watch. Uh, another guy that's on a rookie watch, six-round pick from out of Villanova, Christian Benford. All right, I'm telling you now, Christian Benford is going to make this roster. Christian Benford will not be released, won't be cut. Christian Benford will make this roster. All right, he's, he's, he's flying around. Uh, he's very versatile. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. Uh, you know, he can play some safety, but right now the Bills has got him. The Bills right now are developing to play some corner, whether it's outside or inside. And once again, he's another big rangey guy as well. 6'1", 6'2", very physical. 
And, you know, uh, you know, he brings that special team element as well. Over 14 interceptions throughout his career at Villanova. So he has a knack for, you know, that football. So, you know, those three right now, James Cook, Kair Elam, and uh, Christian Benford from Villanova has definitely been on my rookie watch. And I can't wait to see how these guys, uh, you know, progressed and worked on leading up to training camp uh, come January, come July. Well, you heard it here first, guys. We got Kyer Elam balling in minicamp, picking off Josh Allen. Christian Benford will make the roster. I know it's confidence in that answer. Uh, a lot of uh, with James Cook with the burst. And this is what we expected to see, you know, uh, from him when we drafted him. Obviously, that's the one thing that we probably don't have enough of in our running back room is a running back who has the talent to be on the field and also have speed, right? Uh, that, that you don't lose anything there, but um, before we get out of here, we I do want to let you guys know to make sure you guys tune in to the Buffalo fan base top 100 Buffalo Bills players of all times. Okay, that is starting Monday, June 27th on the Mavic Sports Report. So make sure you tune in there. We're going to have all 100 players for you guys. We're going to take about four to five weeks, four to five episodes. So, and uh, we're going to give you guys all the best Buffalo Bills players throughout history uh, since the inception in 1960. So that should be fun. Uh, we also have the Madden cast that we're doing all 16 weeks of, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills regular season of this upcoming season. So you get to see a little bit of a preview what Madden thinks will happen in these games. Okay. Buffalo Bills are currently three and out. Got the Baltimore Ravens this upcoming Sunday. Maybe even see some special guests or hear some special guests upcoming. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then again, all of our great, uh, you know, regular programming and shows we have, uh, podcasts and YouTube shows we have throughout the week, as coach said, you know, uh, Sunday through Monday, uh, excuse me, Sunday through Saturday, <laughs> every single week, every single, uh, day, pretty much we have, we have content at this point. Uh, so make sure you guys subscribe and tune in for that. Uh, Absolutely. did you have anything else you wanted to uh, say coach? Yeah, before we get out of here, I would like to say, listen, uh, I will be hosting my very first, uh, you know, first annual golf uh, tournament courtesy of Contos Army. All right. That will be uh, this Monday, June 20th, 1030 to 5 p.m. at the Springville Country Club uh, being uh, sponsored by Barbell, Buffalo, Chrome Photos. Buffalo Cigars and Buffalo Brick and Mortar, just to name a few. It's a very long list of sponsors and people that's going to be participating at this event. My guy, Rory Presley, will be on hand in the building, as well as Thurman and Patty Thomas are going to be out there on the golf course. So we're going to have a great event for a great cause. Uh, our proceeds will be going to uh, Poncho's Army uh, for, you know, uh, you know, kids with cancer or anyone who has, you know, in their fight for, uh, you know, cancer and, and obviously what has happened at Tops to Top Strategy. Some some proceeds will go to that as well. So um, I'm very excited about that. And, uh, you know, we'll be on deck to give you a live report and some production pieces coming from Parto's Army uh, first annual golf tournament. So with that being said, alongside my host, uh, Justice, uh, from the fan base, I'd like to uh, tell everybody believe in Bill's you know, podcast, Choose Love, Not Hate. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go, Go Bills. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.